Amen. That was so uplifting. And uh, I want to thank um, all the churches in Brea that participated. I want to thank um, Bobby and Julie as well for uh, leading us and sharing that song with us during these times that we need uh, Christ as our living hope and to remember Him. You know, um, uh, this has just been a very um, a difficult week for all of us and for our country as well. And I'm sure you have been moved with sadness or anger and different emotions during this time. And so even for me, I uh, uh, just yesterday, uh, Friday and Saturday, just um, praying and thinking about this, I uh, changed our whole sermon and I had it all prepared and I wanted to share something a little bit different, something a little bit more pertinent um, to what we've been seeing on uh, happening in our society today. Um, so I'm going to just share that uh, today from uh, the Psalms. And I just want to give one announcement before I jump into that. Um, a couple of announcements. One is, as Pastor Paul mentioned, we're going to be meeting tonight for prayer is the primary reason. And uh, I asked Pastor Jasper Bacon from In His Steps if he could join us. And so we're going to have a, just a dialogue about these things. And then we're going to just spend some time to pray for our country, for ourselves for justice, uh, these things. And so uh, join us tonight. Um, it'll be on Zoom, but you know, you, you could, you'll just be uh, kind of watching as uh, we dialogue, and then we'll be um, praying together. And uh, so I think it'll be a very powerful, important time. And also regarding the regathering, um, you know, the state of California has announced that now we are in stage three, and churches are gathering, and, um, and so on and so forth. Um, we have a team that we put together within our church, a regathering team, and uh, it's comprised of our, some of our ushers and uh, some uh, people in the medical field. And so we want to just take our time a little bit, go through all the um, ways we could make it a safe, a good experience for everyone. And so we'll keep you up to date. We have a meeting this upcoming um, week, and we'll be planning that. And so... Uh, in the next weeks, uh, we'll be giving you updates each week as we come up with some plans. And so in the meanwhile, uh, while we have this time and this special time to worship at home, let me encourage you and continue to uh, worship in this way uh, and to join us on Sundays as we have been doing. Um, well, you know, this week we, we saw something that was just uh, horrific. We saw um, uh, George Floyd die an unnecessary death and he was uh, we see him being killed by someone who's in a place of authority and there are so many levels to this and there's so much um, pain to this and uh, one of the things that we go to the bible um, and we don't do this enough is the idea of going to the bible to find uh, to pray to to lament you know we have the book of lamentations that talks about uh, really a, a prayer, a crying out to God, but we often don't do this. And today we look at uh, one of the Psalms that talks about this. Um, we read a portion of it in Psalm 71, but we're going to kind of jump back and forth on the whole Psalm and be talking about how during the hard times, um, how the Psalmist, even as he is lamenting the enemies gloating over him, that he could still continue with God. He could still walk with God. God is available. God is there to be praised. God is there to give us hope. And so uh, this idea of continuing, and you see that word continually three times in the psalm, and I want to break up our sermon 
uh, in that way, that we could continually uh, find God, that He is available, that we continually worship Him and we could continually have hope. And so this is the same yesterday, today, and it will be the same with God and His people. And so we keep that in mind um, as we do this. It's interesting, there is a category of psalms called the Psalms of Lament. And uh, these are psalms where often uh, the, the big chunk of it is a complaint or a crying out or a uh, lamenting to God. And so it is a difficult situation that the psalmist cries out in. And we often neglect and forget, and we often even assume that the Christian life is not about lament, but it's about power and victory and joy. And so we do end up focusing on the comfort psalms, and we do not go to these psalms often. Um, there is a little difference of uh, lamenting and complaint, uh, of grumbling. Um, both are mentioned in the Bible. Grumbling is a sin. Lamenting is a way to seek God. You know, grumbling is something we say about God, right? We, the people of Israel grumbled uh, about God, taking them out of Egypt. They grumbled, and we're not supposed to grumble about God. And maybe you find yourself uh, at times like this, kind of complaining, grumbling about the difficult situation you might be in. And so you don't want to be a grumbler, per se, but you want to be someone who would lament. So grumbling is about God. Lamenting is to God. You go to God and say, God, I need your help. God, this is really difficult. God, th these last 12 weeks have been very hard. This last week, and then just as I've seen God, what is going on? And you can go to God, and that is a lament. And that's what we see here, you know, um, there was an interview uh, with a man named Daniel McConkie. Um, in June 22, 2007, he was a victim of a hit-and-run incident, and he was left paralyzed from the waist down. And in this interview, he stated that this, he says, God has not healed my affliction, but he has taught me the power of lamenting to him about it. That God has taught him how to cry out to him. And he said, it's a gift. And that's something that all of us, uh, a lot of us, don't fully grasp and we don't want to do. Uh, but the Bible is filled with this. Uh, in the book, Reconciling All Things, um, the authors talk about lament, that it's not despair, it's not whining. Lamenting is not a cry into a void. Lamenting is a cry directed to God. It is a prayer of those who are deeply disturbed by the way things are. And maybe you feel this way. Uh, I certainly did, and I certainly do still. Uh, seeing injustice happen, seeing the life of a man being taken so clearly, um, and there's something so disturbing. Even if the person was deserving, it is very difficult to watch, but then to see someone that did not deser uh, deserve this uh, has been so hard, and it uh, really troubles the soul to see that. Also, another aspect that is, uh, you know, um, angering is seeing people looting and uh, I was watching the news late at night and people just taking an opportunity to go and take someone else's possessions. Um, that is angering as well. And so, uh, so many levels of injustice that uh, hits us. It's interesting because you go to the book of Psalms and we have 150 Psalms and about 40% uh, of them are Psalms that are filled with lament. 40%. Um, and uh, so we need to come and uh, cry out to him. There was a study done in the songs that we sing in America and how we don't like to sing the songs of lament. Um, 
And out of 100 of the top 10 worship songs on CCLI, CCLI is the Christian Copyright Licensing International. We pay a bill to it. Um, that keeps uh, track of which songs are being sung and royalties go out and so on and so forth. And, you know, when you see our uh, worship at the bottom, you'll see our number. Anyways, they published the top 100. And out of the 100, someone did research, and uh, five of the 100 songs would fall into the category of lament. And so uh, we see how we have forgotten this. Um, and you look at the book of Habakkuk, it's lamenting the coming judgment on Israel. The book of Lamentations is one long lament. Uh, our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, cried out and lamented the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, and the Psalms are filled with this. And this helps us in our weakness. This helps us in our pain. This helps us to connect to God as human beings. This helps us in the walk where we are in the valley of the shadow of death, and it is so difficult. We often assume that walking with God is all about good, power, joy, laughter, happiness, fun, but it isn't. And often life is filled with hardships. It's interesting, you know, with Psalm uh, 71 that we read a chunk of, it's filled with these um, lament prayers. Uh, I just want to highlight a few. In verse 4 it says, Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, for the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. Verse 9, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. Verse 10, For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together. Verse 11, And say, God has forsaken me. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. So, the enemies are saying these things. The person is struggling with a lack of strength. Uh, the unjust is winning. The cruel man is winning. And he is now coming to God. Saying, God, I need your help. God, I need your strength. God, where are you in this? And I look back on these past 12 weeks during these unprecedented times of us going through and still going through a pandemic. Uh, us witnessing the, these injustices happen us being uh, living through these riots and protests where people are in anger are now trying to demonstrate how they feel. And I think about our church and we've been through so much. Just the, the fear that so many of us have had of what if I get sick? What if a loved one passes away? What if this happens? That fear uh, is really has been, it's hit everyone, old to young to everyone. And so we've gone through that. Uh, we've gone through the grief of missing friends. Uh, we haven't been able to see them. Uh, some have missed their graduation. Some have missed their children's graduations. Uh, a time that they could really celebrate someone. They couldn't do that. Some have lost their jobs. Some have had to lay people off at their jobs. And that is a, uh, a grief experience as well. We've had times of praying for our first responders. Uh, those who are out there in the hospitals, those who are putting their lives at risk to go help others. Uh, yesterday I was praying for our police officers at our church who are, might be out there. One of our police officers uh, was out there and I was corresponding with him and he was telling me where he was at and um, just the hardships that they're going through. Um, the missing out on weddings and baby showers, um, people giving birth in very unique situations. And I just want to 
just a, a congratulations to Sonny and Helen on their baby Alex who was born this week. Right? And not being able to have everyone there in the room and not having everyone be able to be a part of that has been very difficult. We've had several who have lost their parents during this time to have to mourn in isolation, to have to have a service where many people can't gather is very dif difficult. And then watching this and witnessing this injustice has been very difficult as well. So we've been through this and somehow the words of the psalmist, it hits us. It's a description of how we feel. All of us somehow could relate to this. And yet the psalmist now points to how God has been there. He uses the word continue, continue, continuing. Um, but even before that, when you look at this, you see a whole lifespan of this, that God has been faithful, God has been there. Uh, verse 5, it says, For you, O God, are my hope, my trust, my Lord, from my youth. So the psalmist is now going back in time. He says, even from my youth, maybe at the point where I met him. For a lot of us, maybe you met him during your youth years, your teen years. And since then, he's been there, he says. In verse 6, he continues, and he takes it back even further. Upon you I have leaned from my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. He was there from the moment we were born. He was there. And he says in verse 18, as he looks forward, so even to old age and gray hairs, God, do not forsake me. So he looks forward to what is to come. He says, so from past, now, and forward, God is there. God is continually there. And God has been there. His presence has been continually there for us when we were born, when we were in our youth. The moment that we were now born, God has taken us and God has been guiding us. And then we look forward. When we get gray and old and our strength leaves us, God will still be there. And God will still uh, be faithful there. In verse 18, I will proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. And it will continue. And so the psalmist pauses in the midst of his trials and he says, let me just remember the past. Let me just remember that God has continually been there from my birth and he will continue to be there till the end. And we look at that word continually. Verse 3, verse 6, verse 14 uses that word to describe God's continual presence in our lives. And we look here, first of all, in verse 3, right? That we should continually seek God. That He is available. Seek out the presence of God. And that's first of the, the first of the three continual statements. Uh, continually seek Him. It says here in verse 3, Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. The rock of refuge. A rock of refuge is not easily moved. It's not easily shaken. It doesn't matter if the storms come, the rock is stable. And if you could have a good footing on the rock, and if you could get on top of the rock, you'll be safe. And He says, God is the place I can go to, that I could continue to seek Him and His presence is near me. It is in Philippians 4, 5. Right? It's, uh, Paul says, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. And I love that phrase. The NIV says, The Lord is near. The Lord is at hand. And because He is at hand, we can do the following. This is the verse that we all love. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. He is near. 
And sometimes we forget how close he is. It is Jesus who continually says that phrase, come to me. Come to me. Over and over in the uh, Gospels, in the Bible. I mean, even in Isaiah, it says, come to me. Incline your, Isaiah 55, 3, incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Uh, Luke eighteen sixteen. Let the children come to me. Luke seven thirty seven. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And so this idea that God is present, God is near, um, and He is His presence is continually there with us. And so we should continually seek Him. And so even at times like this, we can go to Him. We could cry out to Him. Whether we feel it or not, it's interesting, you know, the story of Jacob. After he had deceived his father and stolen the blessing from his brother Esau, Esau is after him to kill him. He is running for his life. And in Genesis 28, it tells us the little story about his dream and the ladder to heaven and so on. But it says in uh, Genesis 28:11, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night. Uh, the Hebrew of that basically is saying it's not just a, a, a certain place, but it's a nameless place. It's an unimportant place is what the Hebrew is trying to get across to us. Uh, it's no place in particular. So it's kind of a rest stop. If you're driving to uh, San Francisco up to five and you might pull over somewhere, but you don't pull over there on purpose. It's just no man's land. You're just stopping to get some gas or use the restroom, get some refreshments and stretch. It's a place that had no significance. And it is at that place that has no name, that has no significance, he meets God. God encounters him. And after he encounters God, God says this in verse 15 of that chapter. He says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. A certain thing. He says, I will do this. I will be with you. I will go with you. And he says in verse 16, Jacob's confession is, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And maybe that is our confession today. Maybe it is in the midst of this no man's land. We are at the rest stop and we realize God is here. God is here while I'm sitting at home, stuck at home, going through the uncertainties of this pandemic, watching the horrific scenes on TV. And somehow God is here in this place. And he says in verse 17 of uh, that story, he says, How awesome is this place. And later he calls and he names that place, that no, no particular place, that place where there, it was just the rest stop. He calls it now Bethel, the house of God. So a place, a section in life, a stage in life where we say, this is nothing special. This is nothing great. I don't feel his presence. And somehow he is there. How awesome he is that this time and place has become the house of God for us. And so let us continually seek Him. His presence is always near. The second continue uh, statement that is made is made in verse 6, 
right? To continue to worship God, continue to praise God. That's the second thing we ought to continue to do. Upon you I have learned, uh, leaned from my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's room. My praise is continually of you. So the psalmist is looking back all the way from birth, right? And he's saying, even till now, my praise continues. And later on in verse 14, yet we'll praise you more and more. And so this idea that it is a continual praise. He's saying, God has given me more reasons to praise. God has given me so many reasons to praise, I don't have enough time. I can praise him from my youth, from my birth, and it will continue. And let me encourage you to continue to praise and worship Him. Let me encourage you to make that now a foundation in your life, the important things of your life. That it would be worship and praise of God. You know, this past week on Friday, there was the uh, memorial service for Ravi Zacharias. I'm sure many of you watched it and knew and read or heard him speak. Uh, he was, impacted me greatly a mentor that was, that I didn't know from his books and his teachings, and he was like that for a countless amount of people. And one of the things he says about worship, he says, as followers of Christ, how does one build a root system that can weather the storms of life? I believe the answer is contained in worship, for it is the consummate answer to the cries of the human heart. Worship is the consummate answer to the cries of the human heart, he says. How does one build a root system that could weather the storms of life? Worship. And so we come here to worship again. It's uh, the one thing I do miss so much is sitting together and worshiping together uh, live in person. I'm sure you miss that as well. Uh, I miss that. Um, I get a, a little experience of that as we do our um, live stream here and I get to worship with the team, but I miss worshiping with everyone. I miss seeing the youth come in and worship. I miss seeing the children worship. Um, it makes me think of a song back in the 90s, a worship song by um, Jeff Moore, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Some of you have been around, you know that song. And I was listening to it again yesterday, Listen to Our Hearts. And the idea of the song is that my words, I don't have enough words, so God, to express my worship, listen to my hearts. And this is what it says in the chorus. So listen to our hearts, hear our spirits sing a song of praise that flows from those you have redeemed. We will use the words we know to tell you what an awesome God you are, but words are not enough to tell you of our love. So listen to our hearts. Words are not enough. And a third action of continuing is to continue to hope in God. May your hope never end. We are the hopeful people of this world as Christians. Things ultimately will get better. Things at the end, there will be no more weeping and crying and death and disease. It will get better. And so as you are going through hard times, as you are struggling, as you are lamenting to God, all the laments and the Psalms ultimately end with hope. That he is the answer. It says here in verse 14, But I will hope continually. I will hope continually. Hope is not something you do once in a while. Hope is something you do every day, all the time. And so we continue to hope. 
My hope for our land is that there would be peace. My hope for our land is that there would be justice. Our hope is that, boy, the pains that we all have suffered, that God would heal them, that one day God will ultimately heal that. And so we hope and we look forward. In the uh, Hebrew, one of the words for hope, kwa is the word. It's a word that means hope or trust. And it's used... Uh, in uh, Jeremiah, it's kind of interesting, and I wanted to point this out to you. You know, in Jeremiah 14, it's used in the form of a verb and also in the form of a noun. In the form of the verb, it says in Jeremiah 14, 22, we set our hope on you. We, we hope in God, basically. That's what the uh, writer is saying, the prophet is saying. So that's a, a verb. That's something we do. And I hope that all of you will now set your hope. You will hope in God. But also, this form of the word is used as a, in the form of a noun to describe God in Jeremiah 14, 8. O you hope of Israel. He is described as the hope of Israel. This becomes his name. And so this becomes the noun for who God is. This is a description of God. So this is not something that I just do, that I just say, I'm going to hope and I'm going to use my faith to put my hope in God. But this is a description of God himself. God himself is hope. He is the hope for his people. Jesus Christ is the hope for all of us. And so we put our hope in him. The Bible uses the word hope not as simply wishful thinking, but a patient waiting for the certain answering of God. And so we look forward to him. The word hope is used 85 times just in the New Testament alone. God is described as the God of hope all throughout the New Testament as well. And so he is there. And so we cry out to him and we hope in him. And it is at times like this that he is here with us. It is at times like this we can still worship him. And worshiping him changes us. It is at times like this we continue to hope God is still here. God is in our midst, and we put our hope in Him. And so let me encourage you during these tough times that we are all experiencing to continue to put your hope in God. Find a place to worship. Continue to praise and worship God. Go and seek Him. He is always there. How awesome is this place? Wherever you are at, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, wherever you are, God will meet you there. And go and seek Him. Continue with God. Regardless of what we see, what we go through, we continue with God. He is with us. Let's pray. So we thank You, Lord, that we could continue with You. You continue with us. We continue to seek You. Your presence is near. We continue, O God, to live in hope. We continue, O God, to live and worship So God, help us to do that in all that we do. So Lord, we thank you. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm going to ask the team in just a moment, um, as they get their things uh, ready, they're going to lead us in a song. And I made a request that we sing um, this particular song. And so if we could take a moment, just in your rooms, wherever you are, just to turn it up a little bit if you have to. Uh, Sing it out loud, pray quietly, 
um, and sing about him who is our hope and how much we need him. All right, so let's do that together. <laughs>